Hello, nephew community. I'm Dr. Jeff Lockwood, here to give you a brief summary of the article, Mild Chronic Hyponatremia is Associated with Falls, Unsteadiness, and Attention Deficits, by Dr. Renabug and colleagues. This was published in the American Journal of Medicine, Volume 119, Issue 1, on January 1, 2006, and this summary was developed independently of the article authors. This article starts with some background information, which may be helpful to set the stage for the author's research. Some of the key points here are that hypotonic hyponatremia is the most frequent electrolyte disorder encountered in the hospital. Stable mild chronic hyponatremia, which is defined as 120 to 132 milliequivalents per liter, is largely considered to be asymptomatic. Hyponatremic patients, which are typically considered to be asymptomatic, exhibit a higher number of falls when compared to controls. Thus, the notion of asymptomatic hyponatremia warrants re-examination. So the purpose of this study is to determine the consequences of mild chronic hyponatremia, which again is often considered to be asymptomatic. The investigator's methodology is as follows. The investigators reviewed the occurrence of falls in 151 consecutive hyponatremic patients who arrived in the emergency department and were then admitted to the medical ward of a general hospital in Brussels over a period of three years. Only patients with a serum sodium between 115 and 132 milliequivalents per liter and no history of heart failure, cirrhosis, or nephrotic syndrome were included. 25 patients suspected of acute hyponatremia were excluded. Each of the 122 patients included were matched to two control subjects on age and gender who were admitted to the same emergency department and hospitalized on the same ward at the same time. To understand the mechanisms of falls in these patients, a subset of 16 right-handed patients between the ages of 30 and 80 with chronic asymptomatic hyponatremia related to the syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone from any cause were recruited that followed up at the outpatient clinic. Their serum sodium levels were between 122 and 132 milliequivalents per liter as well. These patients were administered tests of attention and gait in states of hyponatremia and normalized serum sodium after being stabilized for three days. These patients served as their own control. Half were tested first in a state of hyponatremia and half were tested first in a state of normalized serum sodium. Patients with a normal neurologic exam, mini mental state exam score of 29 or 30 out of 30, and no reported problems experienced during hyponatremia were included. The authors also reviewed differences in gait, and this was assessed with a pressure-sensitive calibrated platform, and this evaluates balance performance on the basis of a recorded displacement of the center of gravity. To do this, the investigators measured the total traveled way of the center of pressure over a period of 10 seconds. Then the authors assessed attention. To do this, investigators administered eight different attention tests. Four were visual, four were auditory. Reaction time and errors were recorded in both hyponatremic and normalized serum sodium states. Investigators also compared the effects of moderate alcohol intake in 10 healthy volunteers both before and after consumption compared to patients with hyponatremia. They selected four attention tests that reached statistical significance in the hyponatremia patient population to administer to the volunteers. They were asked to perform three stereotype steps on the gait assessment platform as well. The volunteers then consumed 0.55 grams of alcohol per kilogram of body weight and were retested 30 minutes post-ingestion. The results section starts with the authors giving a nice overview of the causes of hyponatremia seen in the patient group. The authors did note that all of the 122 hyponatremic patients included in the study appeared to be asymptomatic on clinical exam. When looking at falls, the authors found that the frequency of falls was similar regardless of the level of hyponatremia. The prevalence of falls in patients with asymptomatic hyponatremia was 21.3%, so 26 out of the 122 patients experienced a fall. This compared to 5.3%, so 13 out of the 244 patients in the match control group, giving a p-value of less than 
When compared to controls, the adjusted odds ratio for patients with hyponatremia was 67. Second, the authors discussed gait. The center of pressure during the total traveled weight test changed significantly when patients were in a state of hyponatremia versus a state of normalized serum sodium, with the center of pressure changing 1,336 plus or minus 320 millimeters in the hyponatremic group versus 1,047 plus or minus 172 millimeters in the control group, giving a p-value of 0.003. There was no significant difference in the total traveled weight after correction of hyponatremia when compared to controls, with the center of pressure change of 1,047 millimeters in the corrected sodium group versus 1,035 millimeters in the control group. Acute alcohol intake did not lead to a significant increase in the total traveled weight, with the center pressure change of 1,028 plus or minus 108 in the control group versus 1,094 plus or minus 190 millimeters in the alcohol intake group, giving a p-value of 0.06. The authors then discussed attention. The mean serum sodium level for the hyponatremia group was 128 plus or minus 3 milliequivalents per liter compared to 138 plus or minus 2 milliequivalents per liter for the normalized serum sodium group. All attention tests revealed increases in response latency during a state of hyponatremia. The mean response latency during hyponatremia was prolonged by 58 milliseconds compared to normalized serum sodium group, giving a p-value of less than 0.001. The total error number of all tests performed increased 1.2-fold during hyponatremia compared to those with normalized serum sodium. And 5 out of 8 tests were impacted by hyponatremia, including both visual and auditory attention tests. Lastly, the authors touched on the alcohol test, where the median latency increased by 25 milliseconds after alcohol consumption, compared with an increase of 74 milliseconds during hyponatremia. So a few conclusions from this article um, are that patients with chronic hyponatremia fall more frequently than controls, regardless of the level of hyponatremia. And the increase in falls cannot be explained by a higher incidence of well-known risk factors. In fact, vasodilators and the presence of acute illness was observed more frequently in the control group. Patients with chronic hyponatremia who appear clinically asymptomatic demonstrated both instability in dynamic tests and attention impairment in sensitive tests. Patients with chronic hyponatremia seem to experience a global decline in attention capabilities from both auditory and visual channels. And abnormalities in gait were more pronounced in patients with hyponatremia than those with moderate alcohol intake. Uh, and with this, the investigators suggest that further studies should be conducted to confirm these results. So a couple of clinical implications that we can pull from this paper are that patients with mild hyponatremia uh, may not be asymptomatic as we once thought, especially when more standard measures of attention and gait are utilized. Attention deficits coupled with gait instability in patients with chronic hyponatremia may provoke increased risk of falls and potential hospitalizations. So mild chronic hyponatremia, which is generally considered to be asymptomatic, could pose a significant risk of falls and potential hospitalizations for patients. Therefore, clinicians may wish to consider treatment for patients with mild to moderate chronic hyponatremia. And that concludes this article summary. Again, this summation has been developed independently of the article authors. The following disclosures were reported in the original article. That's that the study was supported by a grant from the Fund for Scientific Research in Belgium. The author's work was independent of the funders. For more information, visit nephew.org. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed the review. We'll see you next time here on Nephew.